0: Okay, welcome to the EUCSE podcast, brought to you by three solution engineers, specializing in end user computing technology. Um, And we've started this podcast to really discuss interesting use cases, um, new technology releases um, and news all surrounding the EUCSE community. Um, so we're the same solution engineers who run the blog.eucse.com a place for uploading uh, again interesting use cases um, maybe gaps in some documentation um, and just interesting configuration that we see so we're joined by adam matthews uh, joe mcdonald and myself uh, charlie hodge so we're going to start by just going around doing a couple of intros so you can hear a bit of our background who we are what we do um, and then we'll just go through and discuss some bits around our blog, um, some events, um, and some interesting bits that we see within the, um, the industry. Go for it, Adam.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you for listening in. Uh, my name's Adam Matthews. I'm an EUC or digital workspace solution engineer at VMware. I've been at VMware for just coming up to five years. I think my five year anniversary is next week, um, I started at VMware, That was AirWatch by VMware at the time as a enterprise technical account manager for the AirWatch product. Um, so I was looking after some of the uh, large enterprise companies in the UK and Europe. I um, did that for about two and a half years, managed to travel around quite a bit, meet some really interesting people. Um, and then I moved into the commercial pre-sales team uh, within uh, the Milton Keynes uh, group in the UK. I did that for, I think it was about a year uh, before moving back into the enterprise side with the global account team, uh, where I've been for just coming up for two years now as well. Um, So yes, and a lot of work here. Um, Prior to VMware, I was an IT administrator, the IT manager for a consulting firm in London. So I was running their their IT in their office, uh, making sure that all the BYO and and end um, uh, end user computing stuff was in order. Uh, mostly using Office 365 and and things like OneLogin and Okta. Uh, Prior to that, I was also desktop support um, for a little while for a a small company in Kent, um, running a lot of the IT there and and doing end-user support. So being able to take tickets from people and and help them out with what they're doing. Um, And prior to that, I was actually at university. So I've been graduated now for, uh, I think it's about seven years. Started in 2009 at the University of Kent in Canterbury. On a computer science degree um, in my computer science degree i had the fortunate position of being on a placement year so i did spend one year of my uh, university career working at city group in central london on the trading floor so completely non-it role not related to euc at all working as someone who's supporting a business um yeah not running tickets not raising tickets not turning computers on off again and, and restarting things so yeah, it's a little bit about me.
2: Cool. Well, I'll go next. So, my name is Joe McDonald, and as Adam, I am an EUC Specialist Solutions Engineer at VMware. I started my career almost seven years ago at VMware. I started back in the AirWatch days. I was initially employed as a subject matter expert slash tier three support analyst when it came to content management. So, I had the uh, joy of the evolution of Content Locker and the whole aviation uh, world sort of taken on an iPad, moving away from those physical flight bags. After about two years of doing that, I transitioned into a PSO consultancy role where I was a SME slash escalation manager, uh, responsible for EMEA deployments, really. It was anything AirWatch related, uh, from as simple as you know deploying a cloud connector to some of the more complex multi-tiered deployments we were doing for our global accounts, which gave me a real insight into the how and why we do things um, and an understanding of, you know, the backend processes that go into that. Shortly after doing that, uh, probably about a year and a half into that, I joined, like Adam, the MK Commercial uh, SE team, which really gave me an insight into the real world uh, of of AirWatch and what was going on in that side of it. It started with um, working on uh, things like POCs and implementation, completing RFIs, uh, and then quite quickly that role evolved into what I do now where I'm responsible for a a number of named accounts uh, that VMware has, where I get to do a similar thing, uh, but it's on a much broader scale. During my time in those roles, I had the pleasure of working with the likes of Adam in some of our community-driven exercises, where we get to do Apple-related stuff, uh, which has given me such a great opportunity to travel. Uh, I think I've traveled around Europe numerous times, uh, delivering presentations or listening to customers or delivering some form of uh, PSO or consultancy to make sure that it hits the mark for them Um, also get the pleasure of attending events so lots of events like Macaduck, Maxis Admin, uh, VMworld, VM1 um, which really gets us out there and the ability to come and speak to people like you uh, and build relationships. Prior to VMware I worked for five years as a support desk analyst for a solicitor's firm where, believe it or not, I had responsibility of three major offices in the UK. I was responsible for our Southampton office, our Birmingham office, and Milton Keynes office, which saw me three days a week traveling up and down the M6 uh, to sort of look after server estates, end users, uh, and kind of gave me an insight into user problems, or picnic problems, I think they are, where the majority of my day was focused on helping people uh, to amend a Word document, Uh, But it was a great insight into the pain that users feel, which has then obviously evolved into what I do now. So uh, unlike Adam, I didn't go to university. Uh, I went to college, dropped out of college, started working, and uh, here I am. So over to you, Mr. Hodge.
0: Perfect. Um, Thanks, guys. Uh, one thing you mentioned there, which I think is um, absolutely excellent, is picnic issues. I love all these acronyms that IT guys come up with for <laughs> um, issues with um, end users. I think that's uh, oh, man, it's hilarious. So um, yeah, my name is uh, Charlie Hodge. So um, like Joe and Adam, I'm basically an end user computing. Um, oh, what is my whole title? It's so, so big nowadays. It's an end user computing specialist solutions engineer at VMware. So... Um, I specialize in commercial accounts um, and a bit of history. I essentially started a similar era to uh, Joe and Adam in IT at AirWatch in our Milton Keynes office. So I think I actually gave Joe and Adam both their laptops, I think, and configured them. um, And, you know, all of my picnic issues used to come from them, actually. So, uh, um, uh, yeah, so working in IT um, in the AirWatch Um, office for a couple of years I then sort of got recruited um, into the sales engineering department so um, I've now been doing that for about it's got to be about four years now I think Um, and essentially my day-to-day role has been to do demonstrations to customers um, uh, you know run through what our solutions can actually do and help them overcome uh, sort of business issues and use cases Um, And then on top of that, I work with customers through uh, proof of concepts to hopefully get a successful outcome. So um, I guess on my journey with customers, I tend to see a lot of very interesting different ways that in user computing, uh, software and technologies integrate and can be used. Um, And that, I guess, is how the blog um, spawned, really, is that... Um, essentially, we see so many different um, use cases in the different sections that we work in within VMware um, that we thought, why not start a centralized place that we can start sharing with you guys, really, um, how other customers are doing things, um, what different pieces of technology they're leveraging together, um, and then if we can plug any of those gaps by sharing knowledge and, and sharing some documentation, we we really do try to do that, so... Um, yeah, that's a bit about me, and um, I guess our blog is really a, a bit of a passion project for me, I really enjoy doing it, really enjoy hearing any feedback on there as well, um, so I guess, you know, to to you guys, how, how do you sort of feel that the blog came about, um, you know, what aspects it helped for you, and you know, what, what bits have you enjoyed doing with it?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good question, I think, Really, for me, it was when we Google something, which, you know, as IT professionals, that's most of our daily life, is just running around Google crying.
0: Hey, don't tell everyone the IT guy's <laughs> secret, Adam.
1: Come on. <laughs> oh, I broke the cardinal sin. Oh, yeah. damn. I didn't, we didn't start <laughs> Reboot right it, while, did then we? Then
0: Google it, yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and for, for Workspace ONE and, and, and AirWatch at the time, there wasn't really that much coming up in terms of forums or blogs. Um uh, one of my trade secrets if I can reveal it now is if I have a problem with Mac OS I normally just go to add jamf to the end of, of my issue and then I'll find a script or a, a profile there.
2: And I really yes. wanted to
1: be able to contribute to being able to have something on a solution I've been working on for you know two or three years at that point. Um so yeah and it was case it was coming together as we were both in the um in the same team at the time just discussing what we were doing and thinking right let's just blog this. Um I that's had a personal blog for a long time, but it that's, was just sort of random rubbish. So, yeah.
0: yeah. That's just one thing I was going to... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Just no, one man. thing I was really going to um, mention just to let everyone know. We basically used to sit on the same bank of desks in our Milton Keynes office. Um, uh, we sat next to each other one at one point, I think, didn't we, Adam? And then, did, yeah. then me and you sat next to each other, didn't we, Joe? But then we were yeah, always we, pretty the, much, you know, just within a sort of... Um, scrunched up ball of papers throw away from each other essentially
2: or in the canteen playing table football right oh, exactly yeah that, that's how I remember my Keynes days <laughs> I, I think for me that the blog and the website in in general is is you know to articulate on Adam's point it was something that you know as specialists and engineers you like to tinker or we like to tinker And there's all this great technology that we can use internally, but it's never our own. We don't get to see it from start to finish. We don't get to concentrate on the networking side. We don't get to concentrate on the firewall side. It's just, here's a server, create what you want, enroll a device and you can do some testing. So to get that insight and to be able to leverage, you know, Adam's previous experiences and, you know, go through the pain points of what our customers are going through really gave us more of an insight into the how behind what we're doing rather than the yeah, just enroll a device and send this payload down and it'll fix your problems. So that was what really sort of, I guess, drove me and what I thought was exciting was to see it from start to finish, outside of our day job, But the configuration of the lab, the configuration of the site, that's not the sort of thing that we would do on a day-to-day basis But getting that insight, really sort of, you know, gave me drive, I suppose.
0: Oh, definitely- Yeah, exactly,
2: know.
0: yeah. And I think, um, from a selfish perspective, it's basically given like, just, by starting a blog and, you know, writing articles that people have found useful has given, I guess, us three, you know, a really good platform and a lot of exposure to um, uh, the community, really. And I think, you know, as you mentioned with Jamf, Jamf has a really, really good community behind it where, you know, a lot of people share a lot of information, um, you know, come up with those different use cases, see what other people in the community have done. And I think that was um, a bit of a lacking aspect to some of, um, uh, you know, Workspace ONE and AirWatch um, solutions, really. So um, I think it's been a really good place to actually share a lot of that information. Um, And to be honest, we're getting quite a lot of traffic to the site now, um, aren't we, chaps?
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, we certainly are. Yes, and uh, uh, just on on the forum side, that uh, we used to have the uh, uh, work My Workspace One, uh, My AirWatch forum back in the day, um, which was great, but again, you had to be a customer or you had to be a partner with an account to get into that. And now we've got um, on the VMware Technology Network there is a Workspace One side to that now, so things are growing, um, things are getting there, and um, and we're happy to play a part in in driving this. And you know, it's amazing when we do go to a a customer event or when you fly somewhere and, and meet someone randomly or like Charlie, I think we were at, uh, forum last year, weren't we? And, and we were yeah. came up to us and just said, Hey, are you, uh, Charlie and Adam? We're like, yeah. yeah
0: well, right, I think right. first thing he came up and pointed at me and he thought yes. I was you, I think. <laughs> yes. And then we had a that weird exchange, yep. but that's the platform that we've created. Some, yep. you know, people, um, are like, well, no, it's cause he knew you from, um, uh, the mac event i think and he was yes, then that was led him. him on to our blog that that offered him some really good useful yeah. insights around the mac side of things but it's really good to hear that feedback wasn't it i guess from a oh, who actually goes on to it yeah
1: because we just see we just see posts and and trying to keep it online and trying to stop it from falling over and uh numbers in adwords and um um analytics so when someone actually goes hey i, I read this and i liked it and, and we had the same thing do we have something at VMworld as well joe with the people from a uh, partner in the nordics who 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 read the blog and and we're like okay this is actually something that's getting some traction you know being being sort of walked up to at events and when you're talking and, and seeing people go, right we saw this we like it and um yeah and also giving us a platform was great but also being able to give some of our colleagues and, and friends from um, within VMware and outside of VMware the space to air some of their ideas and, and get some of their ideas out onto the internet and, and publish some thoughts was really great as well. So it's not just us okay. three that are posting there.
2: I think that's it, right? Some of, the, uh, some of the, the core driving factors behind writing a blog or documenting what we do is the satisfaction that we get knowing that we've helped someone. And before the blog, a lot of that was internal facing it was stuff that we would do for VMware employees that would enable them. But to have an outlet to be able to share that with not only internal but external has, has really greatly increased, you know, our ability to, to assist, uh, and to give out the information that we have. And I think you touched on it, Charlie, we're in such a unique position as uh free people because we kind of cover the whole of, you know, the UK, uh, to some extent in terms of customer base with the different markets that we're all aligned to. Um, So from an industry perspective, we have a great reach and insight into what's going on. And by being able to share that information, blog about the stuff that we do, uh, because no day's the same in our role, right? I think it's fair to say that, you know, one day we're working on, I don't know, some intense Windows 10 stuff, the next day it's Mac OS, then it's gonna be Android with secure launcher, then we're learning how to write APIs because someone needs to automate something. So it's such a vast uh, amount of stuff that we're covering It just makes so much sense to have that documented down and to share it because if you're Googling a question, someone else is asking that as well. So to be able to share that ourselves has been something that's been great.
0: Definitely, and I think especially, it's a really interesting industry to be in with end user computing, I think, because no two companies do do it. You know, manage their devices, manage their users in exactly the same way. So I don't know if you guys experience this, but we, what I generally see is, you know, i speak to customer A in the morning and they'll be talking about, you know, okay, we use this third-party identity provider to do this, um, but then a lot of our applications are, you know, sort of a bit legacy on-premise. We want to push them remotely to um, some Windows 10 devices and then we have some Android devices, which might be, you know, for, like, we want to lock into a launcher for, um, to, like, some forklift truck drivers or something like that. And then you might speak to a company in the afternoon, this for me in commercial anyway, I might speak to someone in the afternoon who is then saying, okay, well, we've got 7,000 Mac OS devices that we need to enroll out of the box. We want to be able to send them directly to the end user's house. Um, you know, we need to we need to integrate that with, um, you know, some custom software that we need to push out completely remotely as well. So it's it's like a, it's a constantly, Um, sort of evolving beast really because every customer that you speak to seems to have, um, you know, a different set of products and solutions that they need to all integrate all together, um, which, you know, from an official sort of VMware documentation perspective is almost impossible to um, keep up with exactly what every single customer wants to do. And, you know, as being on the, uh, I guess, the, the front foot speaking directly to customers, we get a lot of insight into that and, you know, usually have to figure out how to do it so um especially for me anyway like i find any any proof of concept i do i have to go and figure out exactly how these solutions fit together and you know um why just keep that to myself really why don't we why don't we put it in a public domain exactly as you guys mentioned for other people to reference and um and you know trying to start building that that sort of community
2: well right absolutely there's no template to it, right? You can't, like, no organization is the same. And like you say, one customer or one company is using it this way, one's doing it another way, which is right for them, and another one thinks it's wrong. Um, so, yeah, by, by having that insight, it, it, it definitely gives more clarity to us as to what we can do uh, and how we can do it. And like you say, Charlie, tying all those pieces together is what makes us an engineer, right? And 100%. And that's part of the job that I love, is uh, yeah. those crazy well, use cases where you think it's impossible and then you find a way. Oh definitely
0: and I think those crazy use cases is has basically pushed us in the direction to create our lab so just for everyone out there basically our blog is sitting we we basically collectively um, rent a dedicated server and we've basically installed our own workspace one system into it Um, we've then we're leveraging like cloud hosted um, workspace one access uh, and some other cloud components but Uh, basically what we're trying to create is a complete environment that we can then go and test these use cases within Um, and that's how it really all started so um, what we do actually have on on our blog and that we um, uh, for anyone to go and look at really is like just the dates and the and the story behind it because you know we found right we need to go and test all these use cases out where can we do that right let's just go and build our own instance Uh, and we've obviously done that done that collectively and then later on the sort of blog has has, um come on top of that hasn't it so but what i think is really interesting you know now is that now if when we've just created some of these um very specialist sort of blog posts um you know we're getting like thousands of hits on them um, for people to walk through things like workspace one uem API information or if you've got like an Azure SAML into Workspace ONE UEM that you need to configure, you know, we've, you know, we've got something like 36,000 page views, I think now, and this has been going about a year, a year and a bit, isn't it? Something like that.
1: We're Not up to two, our two, two year anniversary of when we first sat down to, uh, oh, really Really put this out. Yep. Um, I think in terms of building out and buying the server, that was start of, start of October, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. I think yeah, it's definitely a good time to start getting some of this down in podcast format. Um, I can't stop listening to a lot of EUC podcasts that are springing up, like the EUC Digest and long-time listener of the Mac Admins podcast. I think it's a nice sort of additional format for us to put some information out on, definitely.
0: Oh, definitely. And everyone out there can just hear us, you know, just talking complete rubbish to each other, <laughs> you know, and just enjoy it all together, you know. <laughs>
1: Instead so of just keeping our, you know, uh, chatting rubbish sessions to ourselves, we can share them now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I can hear everyone virtually going, yeah, yeah, woo, they've done it. Oh, absolutely.
1: And then and I, I just find it crazy that for a solution like you know, Workspace ONE, which we do have millions of devices under management, and for us to have a post where if you type in workspace one api that's like the second or third item in google i think that's quite impressive yeah, it's, um, crazy. it's crazy yeah and like um as, as you see in the timeline if you go to blog.ucse.com slash about um i can't believe it was november 2018 yeah, so crazy. we at vmware started the route of using certificate-based auth and, and seamless authentication into um, workspace one uh, access so, we all use Workspace internally. It's all great. But when we started using CertAuth, we were having Cert pickers come up all the time. And I don't know about you guys, but this was really frustrating me. Like Every time I saw that Cert picker, I just wanted to throw something out of a window. I was like, there's got to be a way for us to get rid of that Cert picker. Um, so, over a beer one evening, I went through to our lab enrolled a machine we've got adcs and certificates in there so i replicated the problem we're having in in our production environment and then i resolved it with a couple of uh, profiles in workspace one and sent that over to it at vmware and um dan and the team really awesome guys just went and published it out and then stuff that we were fixing in our lab is now released in in vmware yeah exactly and you did the um window side charlie didn't you
0: yeah, because it's it's even more it gets even more specific when you get to the variant of browser, doesn't it? So yes. um, uh, what we were finding in the Windows 10 instance is um, you needed completely de- you basically needed an ADMX policy down onto Windows 10 devices in order to tell Chrome allow certificates and pick this one every time, basically. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great example of how we've basically used the lab to test and get something working. And then it's now got – I don't know how many devices VMware's got enrolled, but it's now gone out 17, to all of
1: 17,000 right? Macs, and it's on every single one of them. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. There's, I think we're just under half and half for, for Mac and Windows now, so there's about sixteen, seventeen thousand uh, 17,000 Windows machines out in the estate. Yeah. And so the great thing about VMware IT, and then like, when I put the Mac OS proposal towards the team – um. They're like, okay, cool, thank you for that, appreciate it, But we need it for Windows as well because we we have a, a platform where these two are first class citizens. Is you don't get extra for having Mac or having Windows. Mm. Um, so they were like, we need we need the Windows side. So I was like, right, my my test now. Let's get this done.
0: Yeah, we got this. We got this, guys. Absolutely. This
1: yeah. <laughs> Even um, down to using the lab for for the d- demos at VMWorld and. Demos at customer events like this, this lab and, and the thing that we've, we've built has got me out of a few, uh, a few situations in the past, um, shall Even we when say. Those
2: Demos, uh, don't go as planned. Right. Due to, uh, the world we live in being, uh, it related and APNs <laughs> spring into mind. Um, but no, yep. it isn't just us, right? I mean, the lab is used for externals. It's used for internal people, like all kinds of folk coming in and utilizing it for use cases. Uh, very similar to that of like test drive, right? But it, it's our own test drive, it's something we get to control and edit. But it, it is nice to have an impact much more broader. And like the work you guys did with the certificates, like you say, that hasn't just helped us, it's helped numerous organizations provide that seamless single sign on to applications like access or whatever it needs to be. Um, which is uh, you know, something that we're all grateful for in terms of like where we've come from, I think we have to be appreciative of our backgrounds as well, knowing that we've all focused on mobility first and MDM, so iOS, Android, to have that evolution and to be a part of that evolution, all three of us from MDM to unified endpoint management has kind of put us in, I suppose, the right stead for modern management because we were kind of used to treating devices like how we treated iOS and Android devices. So it's kind of been an easy evolution for us to pick up a Windows 10 device or a Mac OS device and treat it like a mobile device. It doesn't have to be connected to the domain. It doesn't have to be connected or desk bound or whatever. So I think that's been something that's uh, been to benefit to all three of us having that uh, attribute of, you know, coming from mobile device management and taking that mentality forward into where, you know, the vendors are now pushing this. I I would argue that a Windows 10 device or a Mac OS device should be treated like an Android or iOS. Now there is no need for any of that legacy sort of way of working that we were used to in our previous roles, where we would plug something in with a cat five cable and we'd wait for a patch to be deployed and or lose it somewhere. So that's been something that I'm grateful for the background we've come from into this modern approach of how we manage things and being able to play around with that in a lab, has uh, been great fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah, completely
1: i remember and, um, just, of, yeah, go on, Charlie.
2: I was just gonna say I just remember our initial growth at
0: Airwatch when we were having sort of like twenty people like a month start in the office. And there's yeah. me in IT imaging all of these Windows laptops, you know, like just dying of boredom in this IT cupboard of just, you know, pixie booting everyone and then selecting like, yep yeah, our Windows ten image and just how far it's come is just unbelievable, really, isn't it? Because uh, I think you've touched on a really like relevant point. There is that um, you know we've started managing mobile devices like us three personally, like in our roles within sort of AirWatch. And what seems to have happened is uh, you know companies who are making like you know Microsoft and Apple, they've decided to take laptops and desktops and start viewing them like mobile devices. I think you know like with. Um, they basically have built-in agents to them already. You know, you load profiles directly into a Mac. It's not like you need, um, you know, specifically to have an agent in order to, um, you know, load your profiles into the agent, if you know what I mean. And like within Windows, it's the same thing. You know, you've got a built-in agent that you then can connect to an MDM provider. Um, And I just think it's really interesting the time that, um, uh, the times we live in really and the, Sort of evolving style of MDM into UEM, and how sort of um, the manufacturers of these devices have, have sort of treated that.
1: Ah, uh, for sure, and like I think it's it's going back to the the way we're treating uh, Windows and Mac like like mobile devices. I remember one of the projects I did just before I left for VMware was assisting with uh, an implementation of, of Intune with um, some Dell. Uh, Windows 8.1 tablets. So what we were doing was we were having them imaged via SCCM and then managed via Intune. So this was sometime late 2014, early 2015. And really, this was a tablet. It was mobile, but we were still, you know, when we were testing, rolling out four or five different SCCM images a day, doing our testing, and it would take hours. And, you know, you look back at the week and go, what have I actually achieved? Not a lot. Whereas now I can go from zero to fully managed Windows 10 machine with some applications deployed with profiles and benchmark security down in a couple of hours tops. And that's with multiple iterations. So you know, the amount of time and go back to your, you know, it cupboard days giving us so much more time back to do better things. And right. I think those who've been the teams who've been managing mobiles within an organization. So, the EMM team is not being known or mobile team, MDM team. Those are the guys who are really set up to help the Windows admins and the the Mac admins really start to advance and and get forward quicker. And I'd really recommend if anyone's listening to this, who is a Windows 10 admin in organization where there are mobile devices, just go and reach out to your EMM team and say, how have you done this? Because, you know, every, every year there's a new proper build the windows 10 and there's a couple a year but it's we're talking in years and, and you know months for these whereas with ios with android these updates are coming out monthly if not weekly in some cases and that's the the fire hose approach that the mdm teams have had to deal with um, i remember one of our um uh senior managers in the us when i was a tam would say uh Every year at VMware, every year at AirWatch, and every year of experience of looking at new releases, new devices, new OSs was equivalent to four years of experience in the real world. That was the pace of change, the pace of learning. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing seeing, finally seeing the Windows platform be a a platform that can be managed that way. And uh, yeah, it should allow us all to be much more agile and, and streamlined, especially in this day and age when. The IT cupboard probably shouldn't be a thing that exists. We shouldn't be going into an IT cupboard to manage things. We should just be saying, right, someone's starting, ship them a new laptop, a laptop that they want versus the one that they're forced upon, um, and then off they go.
0: It was a it was a great IT cupboard to be fair. It was actually pretty good. It oh yeah, it was cool pretty sick. Yeah, stuff. yeah. It was pretty sweet. And I, I'll tell you what, one thing that actually reminds me of you saying that around um, you know mobile updates and things of that nature. I remember in our MK office, <laughs> any time a new iteration of iOS came out, yeah, why basically. basically yeah, every single person would update their phone, iPad at exactly the same time, and it would basically crash our, <laughs> crash our internet connection and all of our access points basically. So we had to put a caching server in place. And I remember watching it on an iOS update day, and it just it was sitting there idle until it dropped, and then it just it spiked and it was just completely at the top this caching box because. Um, How it used to work is this basically this Mac Mini we had would go off and download the iteration of iOS, and then all the iOS devices would automatically see that you've got a caching server on your same network and it would download it from there instead of, um, you know, the the public um, uh, Apple update site. So that was actually pretty cool. Um, But yeah. Yeah,
1: that process, every company
0: should do that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, And I think, so I think that that is that's that's basically um, a really good insight for any for anyone who's listened to this is basically where our blog and lab has come from you know in order to um, actually look at some of these different use cases and how companies are working a lot differently nowadays um, and 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 why we sort of had to create it and why you know we're looking to share that information um, out with people and and I think that being said, um, one really interesting use case that I've had come up quite a lot recently is from a lot of companies um, who um, will basically put them into this category of almost like born in the cloud, basically, um, where you know you're, what you're seeing nowadays is new companies which start up. Um, I know a bit of trouble in time sort of globally to start a business at the moment, but new um, businesses and companies, what they're trying to look at now is why do I need loads of on-premise infrastructure when I've got all of these SaaS-based solutions out there where everything can be cloud-based. I can work from anywhere. Why do I need this concept of I'm on a LAN here? Like, can't I just, you know, work work connected to the internet, but then I'm still in my own sort of secured bubble, if you like, wherever I am? Um, So a use case I've seen come up uh, quite a lot at the moment is basically leveraging Okta's universal directory um, and workspace one so that's Okta doing the identity side and the user management and then using workspace one in order to do the device management and enable your end users to take a windows 10 device out of the box and enroll it so this is going to be um a blog post that uh, we'll put together shortly of running through this but i just thought it was a really interesting concept of you know how can you actually you know as your join a windows device out of the box when you've got no ad and then how do you manage that um you know and plugging all of these pieces together you know going back to the point i was making earlier about all these different tools how do you plug them all together plumb them all in so that you get a really nice end user experience but you're still secured and users can just work from wherever they are so um, that'll be something to look out for um shortly i'll get that together and we'll put that on the put that on the blog so and that's a
1: really important point because I mean, with Active Directory, I hear every customer saying, "I want to get rid of it." Literally, every single customer is. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm going to or I have uh, gotten rid of of AD, and it's either been towards, the you know, most part, Azure AD, which, in that case, you're just sort of moving to another store and another area that you need to maintain. Whereas, you know, with Octo, it does seem much more flexible on that migration path. You know, I've I've seen people do things in weeks moving out of Active Directory into Okta which is pretty incredible
0: I think Okta as well has a really interesting use case of um, allowing customers to basically amalgamate like ridiculous amounts of domains or migrate domains I remember when we were at the Okta forum talking to um, a customer about that because they'd use Okta to actually do that where you you can install these on-premise Okta agents to import all of your users into Okta but then you could push them back down to a different ad you know so you're you're basically using a tool which is extremely flexible to 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 work for you in order to overcome a really complicated issue if you were going to try and do that manually or script it or something that would just be a nightmare but so i just think well there was all these solutions in the cloud and everything now which you know people are just really getting behind um and i guess that's that's where we come into play and uh, and on top of that, you know, there, there are some really good events um, up and coming at the moment. I don't know um, if you guys want to mention some of, some of the events you're looking forward to. Uh,
2: sure. So, I mean, there's the obvious one, which is uh, going to be VMworld, uh, which is coming 28th of September to the 1st of October, I think. It's really um, online this time as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, do you know, actually, like everyone you speak to in every podcast you listen to will say how fantastic it is, but it really is that ability to just be able to listen from home And to not have to worry about traveling, not have to worry about jet lag, not have to worry about running between sessions, because all the sessions have been recorded. Uh, A lot of the content that's delivered across all of the events that, you know, are coming up, uh, Ignite, JNUC, VMworld, they're all pre-recorded by people prior to the event, which gives us an opportunity to engage with the audience whilst they're listening. And it also gives you that flexible schedule. So like for VMworld, for example, a lot of the um, Apple stuff that Adam and I are going to be listening on and hopefully helping out in chats is it's stuff that's been worked on uh, delivered and people are listening to it when they need to listen to it. So there's no rush to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning because it's a session that's at 1 p.m. in the UK and you're East Coast or something like that. Um, that that's really going to enable you know, everybody to listen into these events uh, and also give us the flexibility to do multiple. I mean, I can tell you now there's a couple of events that I want to listen to that are at the same time well, I can have my MacBook listening to one and then I can have my own personal PC listening to the other one at the same time. Um, And just gives you that flexibility to get involved and to listen. And I think it may change the way we do this in the future. I I don't want to say we're not going to have these big events with hundreds of thousands of people attending like MWC. um, But by having it virtually, you can reach so many more people. And I think we've seen that internally, just the amount of reach you can have because there's no dependency upon expenditure. There's no worrying about having to catch flights. It is just you or I sat at home at our desk, just logging into a different server to listen to someone else talk about something. Um, that's something that I think is going to be really cool this year. Uh, and like I say, the events that I just mentioned, uh, all coming up within the next few weeks, just gives us something to look forward to. It's like a little early Christmas present because all those events, things will get announced that then give you the opportunity to look forward to those being implemented in the software. And for us, it gives us a chance to understand what's coming so we can mess around and get that in our lab uh, to start seeing how some of this works in real-life scenarios. But I don't know if Adam has anything to add, but I think that whole flexible approach of being able to listen to stuff on demand this year is really going to enable me to do far more than what I have been able to do in the past, where I'm needed to be in a certain place to talk at a certain time. Absolutely. Is it free?
1: It is free. Look at that. It's free unless you want a... uh you would like to pay something to get access to a little bit extra. So there's the premier pass at VMWorld, world, which gets you some expert round tables, um, which I believe, yeah, Joe, Joe, you were helping with while I'm helping with one. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, I'm, and, and I'm, exec- I'm not coming to the party now. God, oh, I'm I- not on any of these I- 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 You
1: can come to, you can come to us.
0: No, no, I'm not invited. Don't oh. worry about it. Uh, okay. I'll just work on the blog guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then on top of VMWorld, world, you know, just, just uh, briefly as uh, quickly moving on, um, We've got things like Maxis Admin as well coming in October. So Maxis Admin is a great um, great session. It's normally run in Gothenburg uh, in Sweden, but this year it's all online and the speakers list is up on their website and there is going to be a lot of good talks. Definitely recommend watching out for Matthijs de Reuter's talk. Uh, so he is a end uh, uh, user computing specialist at Fondo in the Netherlands. Uh, he'll be doing a talk on... Workspace ONE and the APIs and webhooks. There's also sessions from Joel Rennick who uh, built Dep notify and Nomad and, and Greg Neagle as well um, at Max's admin. So a great chance to, to see what they're saying. Um, the only thing I'm going to miss, I think, from these events this year is being able to go up to the, the speaker at the end and, and have a chat and have a beer in the evening. That's the, the biggest thing I'm missing this year.
2: I honestly thought you were going to say that the only thing you missed was the free goodies, like the T-shirts, the socks. Because that's what I miss. I'm not going to lie. Well, there is that, yeah. yeah. The giveaways. The
1: freebies. The the draw that has all of my gig t-shirts and all of my freebies from the various uh, tech events I've been to in the past few years is overflowing. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how many more DIY t-shirts I need.
2: (laughs) The ones covered in paint.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, So um, the collection...
0: I, oh, yeah, I, I got use it. my
2: t-shirts as like little magnets that people have on their fridges. Like, I have, <laughs> My wardrobe does have all the different events I've been to labelled out in like order. So like you could look chronologically as to where I've been over the last six years. I think that's cool. And then I wear yeah. them on the other occasion. That's A lot of people like to of, keep um, the tags as well, don't they?
0: That's A it, these, yeah. yeah. A lot of people like to keep the tags as well, so you can see exactly where, what event they went to, what year, and, and everything like that
1: big pile of those that are currently in a drawer because i'm trying to sell my house so we had to try and make the place look a bit tidy so i thought having a, having a thousand uh, name badges from various events might not be the best look yeah <laughs> um, wow this guy's yeah. been
0: to a lot of events i'm not gonna buy this house no chance no way <laughs> oh, Not dear. be in his house yeah <laughs>
1: yeah pretty much
0: I yeah, come the steal thing, your house. they're gonna come yeah. steal your house because you're at so many events you're not gonna be in <laughs> Um, the, other, the one uh, one other bit I just wanted to add on to that. So um, Fondo and some of the bits that they do, they've got a really good YouTube um, series of videos, haven't they, about basically end-to-end going and configuring um, the Workspace ONE with yep. what they've done. And it's that's sort of a joint um, initiative, I think, between um, VMware and Fondo. So that's definitely something um, to go and have a look at. Yes,
1: massive shout-out to um, Hype Dykstra on that one. Uh, that was that was a really great effort to get all that put together, and um, yeah, no, I, I really think that's definitely worth a look. I definitely yeah, catch could, a good good shout.
0: You can find that on um, the resources page as well. We'll put we'll put a link in the
2: description for that as well. Cool. Well, I suppose this brings to the end of our first podcast. I don't know about you guys, but it's been nice catching up, discussing a few things, giving the uh, listeners a bit of an idea into what it is we're trying to achieve with this, where we've come from, what we plan to do. Uh, so much more to look forward to uh, and finding the time to, you know, keep on blogging. Uh, and Charlie, I don't know if you referenced it, but what, we're going to try and do one of these at least once a month? Is that our goal? I think so, yeah. Let's set
0: ourselves once a month. If there's if we if we chuck in some more, you know, that's only a bonus, you know. So, um, yeah, let's aim for that.
1: Yeah, sounds good. And then you can always, uh, I'll encourage everyone to go and, and reach us on Twitter. So, at E-U-C-S-E-1- um, yes, still in the way that we couldn't get EUCSE without the one on the end, but there you go. Um, and then at blog.eucse.com, there's a contact page there, so uh, definitely feel free to reach out to us at any forum. Um, I'm on, me and Joe, um, are you on the Mac admin Slack, Charlie?
0: Um, I don't think I'm a member of, uh, I don't think I've been invited to the exclusive club, to be honest, so... Hey. Um, Macadmins blog.
1: Go and sign up. Yeah, so so we're on the Mac admin Slack as well, and there's also if you if you've got the Mobile Pro Slack, so just, just hit us up on any, any channel there, and we'll be happy to to chat. If you've got ideas for the blog, anything you've been working on, anything you might want to cross post that might be really interesting, just let us know, and we'll we'll have a chat about it.
2: Yeah, you could probably uh, find all three of us on the VExpert contact page as well. I think our yep. uh, our contact details are listed on there. Awesome, gents. Cool. Thank you for your time. Hope you uh, all have a lovely weekend, and uh, I shall catch you in a month. Bye. Bye.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.